BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Welcome to BizQuick, everybody. I'm Corey. I'm Julie, and, and I've got words. Okay, well, I'm going to introduce our guest first. Okay, do it, do it. <laughs> okay, um, we've got John O'Brien on the show. He's going to be um, going to be. He is an instructor for uh, psychology for the past 20 years, and he's the owner of ActivateSuccess.org. And we're going to talk about stress management, leadership, the brain. I don't know. We'll jump into it when we get there. But the brain, the brain. Sure. Let's talk about your words, though, Julie. Okay, so change is hard. Change is really hard. Now, this is coming from the person who is, in theory, the morning person on the team, right? I'm, Correct. I'm, I'm team AM. You're team PM. And we just recently switched our podcast schedule around, not the day they're released or the days they're released, but when we record them, we got way more narrow on when you could block time on our calendar for the podcast. And we did that in anticipation of Cabo opening and wanting to make sure that we were recording during times that actually worked for you and your really fucked up schedule that's coming our way. Right. Sure. But it's not I didn't think it was that unreasonable. We have a no. couple hours in the morning and a couple hours in the middle of the day. So I'm never booked. During a lunch or a dinner shift. Right. No, it's really not that unreasonable, but it's a huge change because while we do our radio show. Oh, hey, by the way, we have a radio show. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. We do our radio show. I don't know why I just sounded like I, it's, yeah. <laughs> I sounded like Peter Brady. They have radio show. <laughs> we do our radio show at, you know, 9 a.m. Eastern on Thursdays. At, and we have our, you know, what's that called? Our pre-production meeting at eight, starting at 830. And that's totally doable for me. I mean, I'm always up at that time, but recording a podcast starting at 745 in the morning. Damn. Yeah. I'm not even done my coffee yet, Corey. And and that's funny because I'm rarely out of bed before 8 a.m. I'm awake, but I'm just, I don't get moving quickly um, in the mornings. And yeah, so for me where I'm like, I actually have to like. I know. I know. I saw the invite come across our inbox and i was like fuck we have an 8 a.m podcast which means we have to record at 7 45 and i'm the morning person and i'm the one who agreed to the schedule well i was like we were on um the stock showdown podcast uh we just recorded this week and i think that's coming out soon but uh william anderson the guy who hosts the show he's got i think he said four kids so he's definitely a morning person 100 and, and, and he he tried to book our podcast for 5.30, and I was like, nope, that is not happening. <laughs> That's not happening. Not unless you want me to still be awake from the previous night. That is not happening. <laughs> and maybe drunk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You no, never know. Not a good idea. Yeah. No. All right. That's it. I just wanted to rant about that. But I'm good. I'm going to adjust. This is We're going to make this work, and I'm going to be just sparkly with personality. Perfect. We are looking forward to it. But I guess along those lines, though, when it comes to change and it links or it connects to that story as well, because last night I sent you a text and say, hey, just want to make sure you saw that this thing uh, got this podcast was booked. And you said, yeah, I sent you an email. But I was I wasn't in front of my computer. I was at the gym and oh. 
then uh, my phone in the most recent update has decided that it is no longer going to give me notifications about emails, except for the one email address I don't want notifications for. So in my settings, I went in and, you know, I have uh, my SP Pace email, I've got personal email, I've got other work emails, et cetera, all set up, and then I've got info at SP Pace. And that's the only one that I have checked, do not notify. All the other ones are send me notifications. And it does the exact opposite of what I have in the settings. And because Samsung has decided in their infinite wisdom over the past couple of years that they no longer want to be Samsung. They want to be an iPhone. And I'm telling you right now, Samsung, if you're listening, I bought a Samsung because I didn't want a fucking iPhone. So stop changing the Android to look and act like an iPhone. Start working on functionality, not features. Don't make it look pretty. You can make it monotone for all I care, black and white. Just give me snake, the ability to text and email and make phone calls. And that's all I really care about. And no, they're like, oh no, but look, it's cute. It's fun. What's Snake? Remember the game Snake? Oh my God, do you play that on your phone? <laughs> I know, because I don't even, I mean, I'm sure I could probably find that right now, but that was the only game that you had. You had Snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well, iPhone users didn't get Snake. iPhone users got Solitaire. Well, no, but like Snake was like the flip phone way back in the day. That was oh. the only game on the flip phone way uh, back in the day. Of course you had a flip phone. We all had Everybody had a flip Everybody phone. Everybody had a flip phone. Quit acting like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only nerd in the room. Granted, I was. It took me until 2014 or 15 to actually get a smartphone. I was gonna say you. I you were probably the last one. To I was still a holdout. Have, you you yeah. You're probably the last person on the planet besides Nine Toe Joe to still have a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the unnecessary features. And when it comes to change, if I didn't ask for it, and I don't think that anybody in the Samsung universe wants to have an iPhone, otherwise they would buy an iPhone. Do your own thing, Samsung. All right, stop trying to act like the competition. You know what? The best meme that I've seen all year, and I've seen it like 20 times, is the meme where they're like, in 2022, we're kicking the Android user out of the group text because they just fuck it up every time. Good. I don't even want to be a group text, so... Happily, every time removed. I see it, I think of you. But yes. I'm always like, he's the one who's like, yes, please kick me out. Yeah, I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> but I always feel like it's Android users that get like screwed on group text because, you know, on the iPhone when somebody likes a text, oh, it comes like if you write <laughs> yes. a if you write a novel in a group text and somebody says, oh, you know, they click the like emoji or uh, the heart, the ha laugh or whatever, uh -huh. it it displays the entire novel and it just says loved. That novel. Liked that novel. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah. And there's one group text that I'm on that I've, I muted a long time ago because it takes, like, there's just literally, there's probably just two guys on that group text who go back and forth and everybody else will occasionally chime in. Yeah. And I just muted it. And every once in a while, I might go in there and respond to something and nobody responds to me. So I'm pretty sure that they just muted me too. So it's, <laughs> it's mutual, everybody. <laughs> you I hear that, Hank? <laughs> I have a group text. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but I have a group text that I have muted. And um, sometimes I go in and I'll see that there are like 274 no new notifications for that group text. And I'm like, what could they possibly have to say that takes 274 texts? Like there's never anything important discussed on the thread. Nep nothing ever. It's, it's, it's all just, shit and i'm like oh my god yeah well uh, yeah 
kick me out of group text. I'm fine with that. Just leave me alone with my Samsung, my Android, and I'll, I'll be happy. Because I, I do want to ask one more question, though, because we're going to... I just am curious. How long do you think it'll be before my brother Mark starts responding to our either group texts or group emails again? How, how long do you think it'll be before he's done being... Oh, sad, mad. Howdy McPout face. Howdy McPout face about the Packers losing. Um, Do you think it'll be over it by August? I certainly hope so. Yeah, I heard from his wife that he actually cried. I I, I did not even bother to send anything to him because I, I, there's no words that I could have said that would have helped the situation. They would have all hurt. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, all right. Well, we got to take a break. We got John O'Brien coming on. Uh, so we will see you after this message. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at Certivium.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got John O'Brien on, and we are going to have a fun conversation today. We uh, uh, already had a, a brief little talk before this started, and it seems like we have um, an interesting conversation, and John seems up to the task to uh, to just uh, shoot the shit with us as well. So how are you doing today, John? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Good. So... Good. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just give uh, our listeners just a very quick uh, background of who you are, what you do, and um, we'll get and into it. John, make sure you mention your education because every time Corey talks about himself, he mentions his education. So I think it's important that everybody talk about their MBAs and PhDs on this podcast. And then we can ask Julie what she has. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> well, as I like to say, I have my PhD, also known as Piled Higher and Deeper um, in Psychology. Uh so in counseling psychology, my uh, background work has been, I've done um, psychotherapy for many years with people and recently shifting over to begin to do work in business with coaching people around kind of what people talk about, the soft skills in business, the interpersonal part of business. Uh, I also teach uh, courses at the University of Maine at Augusta. Nice. I love Maine. It's one of my favorite states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that you're out of Portland. Portland's a beautiful town. Yeah, no, lots of good restaurants, lots of good craft beer. Yeah. Come visit us. I went to, I, I, I spent a long weekend in Bar Harbor one, one um, fall and, mm -hmm. you know, did the whole Cadillac mountain climb. And all I, what I mostly remember was one, it was a beautiful hotel property that I stayed at. And two, one day I had lobster for breakfast and then I had <laughs> a blueberry beer followed by blueberry pancakes. Mm -hmm. So... It, you know, blueberries abound and so does lobster. So it's like some of my favorite things all in one place. You so wanna, we aim to please. We certainly aim to please up here. One one little weird fact before we get back into the show, because you mentioned blueberries. And I'm sure that those were all true blueberries because that's blueberry season to fall. Yeah. Um, but I read that a lot of times if you, you're eating something that's blueberry, like the blueberry muffins at like a, a, a Starbucks or a Panera or something like that. It's actually sweetened cranberries that have been colored blue. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, it's not actually blueberries. God. Um, so anyway. This is why we can't have nice things, John. Yeah, fun fact. A lot, of, 
a lot of the blueberries that you're eating in processed foods are actually cranberry chunks. This is why you shouldn't eat processed foods. But yes. let's talk about change. Yes, let's get into the real topic. Let's do it. So, so no, go ahead. Okay, all right, yeah. So we, we were talking about change on the front end, and you said that um, you thought it would be fun to talk about why people are resistant to change. And I'd like to talk about that because... Frankly, I've been trying to get Corey to change for like five years now, and it's not going well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly we could do group, but that would be at a different point that I need to be doing an intervention with the two of you. But I'm certainly <laughs> happy to talk about about why it's hard for any of us to change, yeah. sometimes despite the fact we know that we need to. Yeah, and um, we're definitely not going to pay for that session either. So uh, <laughs> I would pay for it, but he doesn't believe in therapy. So, yeah. <laughs> So why don't people change? Like, why are they resistant to change? And how can how can they move past that? Well, there's lots of reasons. I don't want to oversimplify. But sometimes it's that people aren't motivated to change. You know, that there's uh, maybe they're also getting something out of staying stuck in what they're in. There's some sort of what people call secondary gain. There's something that they get. They get attention from people Um or they just enjoy complaining, they enjoy being stuck. So sometimes it's people uh, are getting something out of not changing. But, but in terms of the people, let's imagine <clears throat> and kind of cut to the chase, the people that want to change, but aren't. And sometimes it's that we're so stuck in certain behavior patterns that we have a hard time, we have a hard time shifting out of it. Uh, and there's actually neuroscience that can explain the reasons people don't change despite the fact that they know they want to. Does fear play a role in not changing? Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I think that people sometimes are afraid of, are they going to lose part of themselves if they change or, or what's, are they not going to get uh, what things that they would usually get if they change? So this fear can certainly be a part of the equation. And like, are there different, I mean, the different personality types, are they, are, are people more likely to be accepting of change? So for example, uh, we all know people who have worked the same crappy job that they hate for years and they don't ever like, they, they don't want to work that job. They don't like the job, but they, they don't, they don't want to take the risk of trying to find a new job. They don't want to deal with the trying to, um, acclimate to a new environment, whatever it is. But then you have other people like myself, for example, where, and Julie's the same way, like we both love to gamble. So I'm all about mm -hmm. risk. And, mm -hmm. and yes, I have no problem just saying, you know what, screw it. I'll just go try this new job. I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about the consequences really, even though like I've thought it through. It's not like I'm just jumping in with both feet, but it's, I'll just deal with them as they come. Yeah. I actually had a, a I, I was helping somebody out yesterday who is doing some market research for a new coaching program that she's launching. And so she was like, can I just call you for, and get 10 minutes of your time, which turned into 45 minutes of my time, which I was happy to give her. But <laughs> one of the th things that she, she asked me a question and I'll be honest, I don't even remember what the, I think that her question was like why I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And my response was that like, I'm very risk tolerant and that will bet on myself seven days out of the week because I know that if I fail, it's my fault. So mm -hmm. I will, and I will make the necessary adjustments until I can find success, even if it's just changing one degree at a time until I get there. Right. But so many people I think are just 
so resistant to change and just complete would rather be miserable doing the same thing than uncomfortable with the change to get to a place of happiness. And I just, I don't understand brains that work that way. Well, um, I hate to break this to you, um, but to a certain extent, we all have brains that work that way in that we are, our bodies and our brains are encoded for survival because back in the early days of humans, if people did something different, if they took a different route, well, that might lead to some sort of dangerous or potentially fatal situation. So we are actually kind of, our brains are encoded to try to keep us doing the same thing. Now, having said that, you're hitting on something that some people's personalities are such that they, they're more uh, tolerant of risk or actually embrace risk more fully. So that personality also does play a role in that and the way that people interpret situations. It's like, the, the example, if people are on a, a bus in Europe hurtling down um, a mountain road with uh, a driver, some people will be white knuckling it and hanging on for dear life and afraid of that. And other people will see that as really exciting um, experience. So sometimes it's about how people interpret the situations around them. That's so true uh, when it comes to the thing, situations like that where like it's just it's it's funny to me because you're in a situation where your life is like you're, it's out of your control. You have no control over situation. And I've been um, uh, for years. I was I was flying. I was commuting to the West Coast, so I was flying back and forth to the West Coast. And in like that period of time, I got to experience at least two different uh, emergency landings. Um, and I just remember just sitting there, just cool as a cucumber on the plane. Everybody else is freaking out, and I'm like, "There's nothing you can do." There's literally nothing you can do to improve this situation. So freaking out about it's not going to help. Um, I'm not a religious person, so I wasn't. It's not like I was going to pray or anything like that. It's just like if the plane crashes, the plane crashes, you know, <laughs> and hope for the best, I guess. Like, <laughs> but you know, and like everybody else is just like not everybody, but a lot of people on the plane are just like they're losing it. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know how I would. Well, I do know because I can remember one time I was. Um, flying back from the West Coast and we were um, landing in Philly and we just um, were just about to land and all of a sudden the plane just went straight back up and I was like, well, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> and that's what I said to the person sitting next to me. And meanwhile, she's like gripping my knee. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> freaking out. And I'm like, you can't, I mean, we're still here. It's all good so far. Right? We don't know what just happened. And I, in all honesty, they told us later and they had miscalculated the landing and someone else was still too close to them on the runway. And so they're like, we had to abort. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really is about the way that you interpret situations, you know, um, and some people are more risk tolerant and some people actually enjoy change. So, you know, they are people who are more, kind of genetically programmed or, you know, have a type of brain that is more open to that sort of thing. So, yeah, I want to ask a question about like, so there's that big sweeping change, right? Like you quit your job and you start your own business or you finally decide to divorce your spouse that you can't actually stand or you, whatever it is, right? Or you confess to somebody that you, you know, love them or that you murdered their sister, whatever it is. Like the big, there's the big change. You did something uh -huh. to their sister. <laughs> you did right. something to their sister, right, right. But, but there's also those, 
the micro changes, right? And the micro changes are the ones that seem to really piss people off. And I'm just going to take it back to what Corey and I talked about on the front end where Corey was like eloquently talking about how mad he is at Samsung for making these micro changes to his phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones like maybe it's that a lot of times micro changes are forced upon us and Mm -hmm. we don't have the ability to decide if we're going to change or not. It's just like you're changing. Sorry about your luck. Like how do how do people respond differently between the decision, the choice to change versus Sorry, this is how it is now. Put on a mask and go stand six feet away from the next person versus if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Well, I think you're you're hitting on the big difference, which is control, right? With a bigger change, we can plan for it. We can figure out the resources we need. And, and it's usually something that takes a longer period of time we can aim for and that there's, there's more of a sense of control versus the smaller changes and especially ones, as you said, that are forced upon us, that we don't have control over, and and therefore that leads to more frustration and irritation. I and I think about it almost differently. Like big changes, the things that are that should really rattle people. For me, like if something bad happens, it's like, all right, well, we'll figure it out. The plane's about to crash. All right, we'll deal with it. It's outside of my control versus like the tiny little things that I can control, but for whatever reason, I can't. Those get under my skin so much more than the big things. Yeah. Like, and and, it, and those things drive me crazy because it's just like, a th- it's like death by a thousand cuts where it's like, I can control all these little things, but I can't because there's too many of them versus this one big thing I can't control. I'm like, all right, we'll figure it out. Well, I mean, I think, you know, that the idea of also how much control you have over the change. I mean, it could be that you're not divorcing your spouse, your spouse is divorcing you. And (laughs) all of a sudden that's thrust on you. So whether it's a big change or a small change, I guess really it's about how much is it that you're initiating it and you've had a chance to sort of plan for it in some way. That's yes. Right. If it's if it's thrust upon you versus if you're the one that is making the decision to change. But even, even it's, I think in that situation where if like, let's, let's continue with the divorce example, right? So let's say your spouse suddenly tells you that you, you, Hey, we're getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, you have no choice but to change. You're like, Oh, Oh, and it sucks and it's hard and it's uncomfortable. And you are like, ah, but also, and this is going to sound really, really mean. This is going to be ugly, John. <laughs> I'm if, ready. If your spouse okay. drops a bomb on you that you're getting divorced and you didn't see it, you deserve the fucking divorce. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's I, all I'm going to say. I agree. There's probably a lot of signs prior to that. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I don't know anyone who was completely taken as by surprise and didn't see a single clue coming, but... If you're the spouse who's making the decision to file the divorce, to me, that's the harder change because you're the one who has to think through it and then make that make the choice and then take the deliberate action. And so you are deliberately changing the trajectory of your life and and someone else's, but you're not what you're really thinking about is I've got to do this really, really hard thing. And that that to me is the harder position to be in on the front end of that. 
Well, I, I hate to add complexity to this, but that's kind of my specialty. It's just to make it more complicated. <laughs> but it really also depends upon what's the relationship like, because sometimes once people, if, if things, if someone's really unhappy in a relationship mm-hmm. and that the, they feel as if the other person's completely out of touch with the fact that things are not going well and resistant to changing and all that, that when they get to that place of actually making their change, they actually feel it's easy and they get a sense of relief because like the difficulty and stress of that relationship can be behind them. Yeah. So sometimes it's just the simple act of making the decision. Yes. And once you do, and it's actually easy to follow through with because then you, you feel a weight lifted from you and like, oh, I have a, a better chance at a happier life now. And for everybody out there uh, who's listening and they're like, why are they talking about relationship <laughs> advice? Just uh, <laughs> consider this an analogy to having a business partner because it's the same thing. That's like, hurtful, Corey. Well, I'm just saying. Are you saying that you want a divorce? No, I'm okay. saying that, uh, you know, you can just use this if you're talking about work, if it's uh, with a business partner or with an employee, because that's one thing that people think about when they have to end a professional relationship, like even a vendor, uh, your accountant, somebody, it's like, well, how are they going to think? Well, who cares? Like, honestly, in that situation, it's like, I mean, it's a little more, there's definitely more to it when it comes to a business partner or an employee, but like, you have to figure out what's best for you and, and figure out like how that change is going to I guess, benefit you. You also have to figure out what's best for the business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Not for you, for the business. And yes, the royal you, the royal me, the business. <laughs> yes. You are royal. You are kind Correct. of a king. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'll give you that. So, John, what kind of, um, what what are some things that people can do to become more skilled at change? Is there anything? Well, I think one thing is to uh, plan for change when you can. If you know, like, for example, if you know you're trying to add something, add something new to your business, to make sure that you're doing it in a careful and planful way. Don't do it impulsively. Um, I think also the, the idea of making sure that when you're trying to make decisions about the change, that you're doing it from a place of balance as much as possible. People these days are so stressed out. I see it all the time. They're not getting enough sleep. They're not getting any form of exercise. They're not connecting enough with other people. And all those basic things in life that we, you know, we've heard about growing up, these are the things you need to do to kind of quote, take care of yourself, do matter. And they provide a good foundation when you're trying to get ready for, or for change or respond to change that someone's thrusting them. That's good advice. That's really good advice. I, I think um, this is such a great conversation. I don't know that we've ever really talked about change before in this regard on the podcast. And I, I know that, you know, so much of being an entrepreneur is about change, right? Mm-hmm. You're in some ways you're, you're having to make these little, you know, micro or macro changes on a regular basis. I know one of the things that Corey and I do in our business is every Thursday, we have a continuous improvement meeting, right? Where we take, mm-hmm one part of our business, it could be a really small sliver of it, something, and we kind of tear it down and figure out how can we build it better, right? So that we're Mm -hmm. constantly getting better in the business and knowing that we have that planned and that we're going to be making changes makes it much easier. I actually always look forward to that meeting because I know that in the, on the other side of it, we're going to, we're going to come out stronger and be a better business. And sometimes it's, you know, we, we attack some of the things that 
I own and sometimes we attack the things that Corey owns and sometimes it's a joint thing where we're like, how can we make the podcast better? So change is definitely something that people need to embrace and I do want to go on the record and say I have not been trying to change Corey for five years. That was a good <laughs> joke. He's, he's absolutely, unbelievably, stunningly perfect exactly as he is. That is incorrect. You're just upset because I'm stubborn and you can't change me. <laughs> I'm not trying <laughs> yes. to change you. All right. well, but you are stubborn. Extremely stubborn. And I'm well aware of that. But we have to start wrapping it up, John. Uh, can you tell our listeners how they can uh, find you? What can we can do for you? Oh, uh, well... My business you know, for coaching business uh, leaders is at uh, www.activatesuccess.org. So I'm working with a lot of leaders, a lot of entrepreneurs around kind of the soft skills in business. So if people are curious, they can look me up there. Perfect. And thank you, uh, John. Thank you to our listeners and everything that uh, John just said and all the ways you can connect with them will be in the show notes. Yeah. Where's it going to be? Show notes. Yes, that's what I said. I know. Okay. I just was double checking. Okay, the show notes. I was just helping out the listeners in case they didn't hear you. If you want to work with us or connect with us in any way, everything is on our website. And our website is sbpace.com. And I want to let you know, we have got a ton of free stuff out there. We've got free courses that are actually all hosted on YouTube. There's some downloads for all of them. Just a lot of free stuff. Or we also willingly take paid clients. Again, sbpace.com. Don't forget to download and rate this podcast. Subscribe and give us a review. Reach out to us about any topics. Or if you want to be a guest, you can reach out to us via the website. Also, check out our radio show. It's every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. The Voice America Business Channel. It's called Defeat the Chaos. Check that out. If you like what you hear here, you can go there. If you like what you hear here, you can go there. And yes. also, I just want to say it's 9 a.m. Eastern. For anybody who's curious, and I did forget to tell our listeners about Certivium. We have a second business, not just SB Pace, Certivium, where we help small business owners succeed with customer service and social media management. And it's, it's pretty fucking amazing. So, by the way, we wrote a best-selling book. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It comes with a digital download workbook that has word searches in it and... If you've already bought the book, go back to Amazon and rate and review it. You know we love to be judged. We do. And that is it for today. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. <laughs>